0: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
1: I'm Jimmy Carboni, host of Beer Sessions Radio on HRN. I recently hosted a live podcasting event with local beer and spirits makers from beautiful Somerset County, New Jersey. We spoke on the farm that is home to Flounder Brewery and Belmar Distillery, one of the most beautiful stops along the Sip and See Craft Beverage Trail. To me, those two worlds, brewery and distillery, are extremely complementing businesses, especially in a unique location like this. So it immediately helped this become a destination to have a great experience, whether it's the beer atmosphere we've got going in here on the old barns, or the great experience you can have in there with these incredible cocktails that are created there—it's complementary to each other. You can have two completely different experiences all within a 10-foot walk from each other. Before the event, I was able to tour the area and see the historic Bridge Tenders House along the serene DNR Canal, walk the bike and hiking trails, and take in the lush farmland. Then we settled into the centuries-old Dutch barn-turned brewery for a lively discussion. It was always important for us to create our space, our livelihood that we want to share with everybody else of being a community-centric location. It is what makes us, a brewery in this state, different from a barn or restaurant. Um, you know, they, we're obviously family-friendly here. Um, we have a lot of different groups that have their meetings here during the week. We just really want to become a community hub. You can listen to this episode of Beer Sessions Radio, available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again to Somerset County Tourism for supporting this episode. Learn more about the sip and See Passport Program at visitsomersetnj.org. That's visit S-O-M-E-R-S-E-T-N-J dot org.
0: bank. I am Chava Periwan. This is Agave Road Trip. It is the award-winning, critically acclaimed podcast that helps Grinkex bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, Chava, you don't... I'm gonna... Today... (laughs) What? What? Today, Chava, I'm gonna tell you everything you don't know about pulque. Try me. Okay. So... How long can pulque last and still be consumable? Depends. Okay, give me a number. Or okay, give so me a depends. I'll give, I'll, me give,
2: a- I'll give you two different examples. Okay. One in close to Mexico City where it's rather cold and yep. where they just do typical fermentation of the pulque. Yeah. I will claim that it after five days it gets thick and vinegarish and it doesn't it's not grand. But I have heard of a place in Michoacán where they actually Cook the agua miel and then let it ferment very slowly, and then that can last a lot longer. But I don't have a number in mind.
0: Okay. What if I were to tell you that in Oaxaca, Mm. they are making pulque without heating up the agua miel and it lasts, well, when I had it, Mm. it was five months old. Did you, is this a Spanish conundrum?
2: No, no, this is not Roy. (laughs) It's a
0: fair question. Roy was with me, okay, because you'd abandoned me on this agave road trip. I had a holiday, uh, Lou Banks holiday. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's very fair. Um, Roy came with me. So there was not a translation issue. And in fact, mm. in fact, I heard about this, and I think maybe you heard about it. Five as, months? I think you heard about it as well from our friend Alvin Starkman. So Alvin connected us to, oh, hang on. Let me make sure I get their name right. Connected us to Reina Cortez mm-hmm. in uh, in Santiago Matatlan, Oaxaca, because I was gifted by our friends at Sombra mm-hmm. a couple of books Barrels, you remember this? Uh, I remember this. Yes, yes, this. A couple of Bordeaux barrels that they had used. I'm sorry, Bordeaux Bordeaux barrels (laughs) that uh, they had used to age their mezcal, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and my intention was to give it to a couple of. Tina Caleros, I think they call them, the people who make Pulquero, pulque? Yeah, well, pulqueros, Tina, tina okay. Caleros, uh, pulque producers, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, give them to them so that they could ferment their, uh, their agua miel into pulque in the barrel, because I want to taste that. Yeah. But, so we gave uh, a barrel to Reina, and, uh, and she, <laughs> and I got a message from Alvin a, a few months later that he had the most delicious three-month-old aged pulque from it. And I'm thinking, no such animal. Yeah, no, no, no. This is this, like, I, I need more details because I'm absolutely doubting this. Right, right, okay. right. And and I was too, and I thought maybe he misunderstood, and maybe she'd been aging or uh, fermenting in it for five months. But no, sure as hell, we showed up. Roy and I tasted it. It was absolutely delicious. And
2: she, so she said. Wait, wait, wait. You have to give me more information about how this tasted.
0: Delicious. No, no, know, like, no. It no. was like, it
2: was, well, was it thick? What it's it was was,
0: it was was it bubbly? Uh it was not it, not as bubbly. So we had uh, one day old, two day old, and five month old. Jeez. And it was it was still bubbly, but not as bubbly as the one or two day, right? And it was thin. It wasn't as viscous as most pulques, you know, we've had, the, even, even in general. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. even new. It wasn't as viscous at all. So when when I had Roy ask uh, Reyna, like, why is this? What what did she think's going on? Um, the first thing that she suggested was a: it's the kind of agave that she uses. Okay, you know why I don't buy this? Wait, wait. Even, <laughs> even
2: you tried to tell me on the on the on on the five month uh, story, like why the type of agave? Because wh- I know these people; they will drink this. There's no chance a barrel of pulque would last for five months in the household of someone in Matatlan. Oh, you're just I like so you think she was just lying? I'm not. I'm not saying lying. I'm. I'm open. like I have a theory, but okay, okay. Try to tell me about the the type of agave.
0: Okay, so the first thing that she said, uh, you know what? Actually, there's. A, let's pull up her quote instead of like me doing it. We're gonna, we're gonna run her quote. So Roy, run the quote. This drink has been there for five months One of the main reasons for its lightish texture being that it is in a barrel The second is that it is a very different agave than other pulques from other states. The agave we use is an Azul Americano, and the agave in others is usually a Salmiana. They are very different. Azul Americano can take around 22 years to reach maturity, which also makes a big difference to other types of agave. This agave is always liquid. It never acquires viscosity unless some bad bacteria touches it or enters the preserve. Then we can observe something thick and with a bad smell. Jesus Christ! You just really blew my mind. Okay, I, I know. I, I, like I, I, I might, I might believe you because <laughs> I suddenly, like, after reading this, had all these questions, and I sent them off to her in a text message. And I'm, you know, she hasn't responded yet. If the, if she does before we run the episode, I'll toss them in here and then this will all be edited out but like my biggest questions are like is it be it, like the barrel thing is that has something to do with the wood mitigating all these things or is it something to do with lack of oxygen maybe just surface area and maybe. Well, what was, was it covered was the barrel uh... so the barrel was on its side it's an excellent question yeah. was on its side um, and... on its side too yeah it was stored so it was on its not, it, side it, it, the way that you would s- store a barrel for aging anything no freaking way okay and and then the bunghole had its you know huge cork in there, so there wasn't like a lot of I mean obviously you know we've had this interview with with our friends from sombra, and we know that oxygen is passing in and out all the time, but just a little bit, yeah, it's micro oxygenation, yeah yeah yeah, so like so there's that okay
2: Jesus christ, okay so uh, I have a have we ever had drink? Have we ever had access to agave spirits made out of these species of agave that she's describing? Well, we don't because, know. We don't know. Because like Americana she... is not an agave that I've ever heard in, in, in the Oaxacan context, and especially not in Matatlan. Right.
0: And so the other name that they used for it, and you're going to mishear me, is I misheard them the first time. But the, the other name that they use for it is the Sentry plant. Not century, yeah, yeah, yeah. but century like a guard. S-E-N-T-R-Y. Man. i know so which tells me the next time that we're in oaxaca which needs to be in like a few days because this is so exciting yeah um we need to go with them out to the fields and see these plants yeah yeah yeah, because, yeah oh I, I just so wish you had been there with me drinking this like you, your mind would have been as blown as my mind right no and, and and you know like this is something that we've talked about in the past that
2: as agave spirits were a, I think mean, I like actually it's still it's still a thing happening these days. You know, like now I see a lot of the you know like I, I think like two years ago, Javali agave combalis was the thing that had all, and they're super excited, and right. they were fighting nail and toe like to to get into the the Javali, and now it's the Chupa Rosa and the Pelon Verde, <laughs> and there's well, what are you loving No, 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 just, <laughs> this, yes. That. Right so so we're always like searching for these new species that become Lamparillo, right like like th- there's like these fashionable species that but it's some in
0: amongst the tiny little bubble of geeks. Uh, Yeah
2: yeah but at the same time some like uh, and and this is a, a, a internal conflict that I have with chuparosa I was uh, able to see the chuparosa for the first time physically it doesn't look that special you know, it looks like a... Well, that's just mean. I mean, it's a pretty thing, but it just, like, <laughs> uh, it, it makes me feel like it's, it's like, a it looks like, an Ameri- like, a, like a tiny Americana in in a capacity or... But you
0: could say that about any no, of them? No, no,
2: there's some that are... Re- like, the lampari is a delightfully beautiful-looking plant. The Pelón Verde, it's, it's also very distinct. Uh, I mean, a uh, Tepestate, it's, like, it's clear that it's going to taste like heaven once you see it, but... <laughs> <laughs> you no? say
0: so, no, I don't get that at
2: all when I look at these plans Well, I mean, my point to this is that sometimes it's very unclear if uh, when You know, it's like, I don't know if this was a thing in your family But my mother uh, and my family will sometimes go to a Chinese restaurant that had a name It was a restaurant that had a name But then internally in our family, we will we, we'll call it something else
0: like uh, <laughs> Like, oh, the Sullivan Street Chinese restaurant
2: something like that and then I think like oh the (laughs) restaurant
0: with the really good duck hanging in the window something like that so I think like
2: sometimes you know like this story you're telling me about this agave that they're using to make pulque that it's not normally used I just wonder if it's not just a family calling a Chinese restaurant a specific
0: name amongst themselves. Maybe. So, yeah, so we'll go take a look at it. But, it, like, it's fascinating to me that w- whatever it is, like, even if it's just a standard Americana, right? No, no, but the, that, that is
2: even tremendously specific and special in the pulkit world because it's, it,
0: that's very uncommon. Right. That's but that's what I'm saying. It, so if if she's correct, if part of this is because it's the different agave and the aguamiel is thinner as a result, and because of that, you don't get the viscosity and the. fruit. Oh, that's this what I'm so saying. Love- and so, okay, so that's like I've got another one, but it feels to me like you've got other. Do you want to? Yeah, throw- no, yeah, I want to keep on talking about this. So
2: the okay. other thing that that I like. I mean this is you know like I I have been I have been doing a little bit of research on combalis Havali yeah. and you know this behavior that it has that it foams up when you're distilling it yeah. and everybody blames the saponins and then i tried to research like is there really anything behind that that it's not just some random internet post and uh and, or and, some and, random mescalero guess yeah but they, i don't see any mescalero blaming saponins when you ask them about that oh really yeah like no what, what do they blame uh i don't know. They, they don't. Uh,
0: but uh, they don't. They just say they the just agave agave this agave forms. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I Fair. wonder,
2: uh, like, I wonder if if this thickness and viscosity of the agave in pulque Ooh. does have to do with the concentration of certain things. I, I'm not loving the happening uh, narrative a lot because when we did our interview with uh, these guys researching perlas and we refer to saponins the guy even like dismissed it a little bit in the sense that he was like well saponins is just like a very general term to describe a lot of components that are like on the soapy side of things oh i didn't think that was dismissive well it I... was not it's not dismissive but it's not very like what he was trying to say is that it's not a very specific term right right is like to say oils or to say yeah, it's like yeah, something and, tremendously and, general
0: well so if you if you uh if if you apply that in my very non-intellectual way to this situation, in essence, what you're saying is, oh, yeah, the things that are saponins in this agave are different than the saponins in that agave. The result is a different viscosity. Well, or
2: saponins are God knows what. But what I'm saying is that maybe some of these behaviors that you don't know why they they happen during distillation, fermentation, and blah, we can get some cues of that behavior. If, we, if they're experimenting with pulque and has different viscosities, different fermentation times of the miel, yeah. like, you, like you get to see, it's like if you got a dog and suddenly you put it in a completely different environment and you get to see a lot of new behaviors that inform you about the right. usual behaviors of that dog. Right, right. If you yeah. brought the dog to the moon. Something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, That's going to be <laughs> slightly expensive. So, Jesus Christ. like but The Russians did it. Like, like I, I thought that exploring different pulques with different agaves was just interesting in terms of flavor. Right. But
0: it turns out... There's this whole that, other side to it. Jesus which Christ. Which means that we need to get back to that concept of doing the side-by-sides with the pulque for the different species. And
2: the other thing is, <laughs> I don't know about you, but this is the first time I've ever heard of someone like completely closing the uh, well as we say not completely but mostly closing the access to oxygen of a pulque have you ever seen closed fermentation tanks in pulque world i've
0: i've not i've not not even partially closed no no not at all wide open wide open yeah so yeah so there's 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 more for us to dig into in pulque for sure Now I've got I've got some more from her. Do you want to do your own pulque episode where you throw stuff at me? Yeah, yeah, sure. We're yeah. already fifteen minutes in. Okay, yeah, just throw it to me. Yeah. Okay. So when we asked her the question, uh, you know, why why isn't this as thick? Something else that she said, and it's funny. Like again, Roy was doing the interview, so yeah. I didn't get the translation right. So later in the trip, we're at a uh, a bar in Puebla and we're drinking pulque. And I did not like the pulque at all, and uh, uh, and Roy asked me why not, and I said it tastes like almost powdery to me, mm. and and he then went back and said, "Whoa, hang on a second, because another thing Raina told us, right, yeah, is that you get these communities where they're used to the thick pulque, mm-hmm. right, and uh, and so when her pulque shows up and it's not viscous it's not thick they think it's the wrong stuff or it hasn't been fermented long enough and they're getting bad stuff right yeah, yeah, yeah. so some people in order to obtain that that viscosity and that color will add corn starch to it yeah or farine you knew this L- like
2: atole like if they were doing like an atole
0: uh wait they what aren't, are to thicken thickening they add corn no i'm talking corn starch, not corn
2: yeah, I know, I know. Oh, okay. Like, like, like if they were doing an atole to thick the atole,
0: cornstarch. Oh, like is that what they do? Yeah, yeah. Or oh, like... I hate that flavor. Anyway, so that was news to me is like, oh, when I'm tasting bad pulque, sometimes what I'm really disliking, it's not the pulque, it's it's this additive. It's the
2: glycerin, yeah. It's the glycerin of the
0: pulque world. (laughs) The glycerin of the pulque world. And then, you know, a story that blew Roy away, um, but was not news to me, was about uh, um, the the beer companies claiming that you had people putting socks full of horse manure into the aguamiel to add nitrogen in order to expedite fermentation. Yeah, well, not nitrogen, just to yeah,
2: just yeah to but expedite fermentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and you know that didn't surprise me. It surprised Roy. But the piece of it then that she turned around and said might actually be accurate is that when you were in a cold climate, you might actually pack the fermentation tank with manure around the sides in order to warm to it keep, up. Well, to keep the the temperature. I've, yeah. I've,
2: I've, I've seen manure in, being used as insulator. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah, an insulation yeah. material before. Which, that, you
0: know, like, and like, we see that all the time manure being used in other ways in the process of making mescal, right? Like, like what? <laughs> well, okay. So, like, using it in the fields as well, well, fertilizer yeah, yeah. for the agave. Sure, sure Using it know, when yeah. we were, when we were at, um, oh my God, who's not Sebastian? Up in Durango, Mariano. Mariano was using it, um, uh, in the to hold the still together, the the top of the still together, the condenser on top of the still as packing, and where? Yeah, I don't recall that. Really? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. Oh wait, 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 wait. Or was he using it in the? Bricks? Maybe he was using it as adobes.
2: Yeah, that's very common. Yeah, to make adobes, you use like yeah, d- yeah, yeah. donkey, donkey or cow manure. That must be what that is. it is, Yeah, has the fibers integrated to it? Yeah.
0: But my point, just simply being, like, it's not unusual to see Mescaleros using manure in one way or another. Sure. In the
2: yeah, yeah. But not inside the fermentation tank ever. No, 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 Yeah, yeah. But even in this case, I just want puke, to make that very clear. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no,
0: <laughs> for sure. But even in this, oh, and aging the. Um, uh, aging the finished mescal in glass bottles buried under goat poop.
2: Yeah, yeah, but that's again like but it 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 never has I, uh, I, I, like, yeah, I, yeah. Th-
0: my point was just simply when she said, oh yeah, we'll pack it around the fermenter. Yeah, I mean, which makes sense. Sure. And and if this was a rumor that
2: had some 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 likes to itself, it's because with all the that being in in rural Mexico understand that manure, it's something that is being used for a bunch of things. So, yeah, yeah, like whoever started this rumor was uh, deceivingly
0: smart. And yeah, and that's why... that's so, what we're talking about this so okay so we only have a, a couple well we don't have a couple minutes left we can talk as long as we want but it feels to me like we've only got about it a couple no 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 oh Lord. okay no 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 go, a couple go, go. of things that i know you're gonna want to hear because they're the kind of the anecdotes that you dig okay okay do that so there's a thing called the scorpion test yes of course you throw it and it has to paint the scorpion
2: on the floor you already know this. I never heard come that. On. Otherwise, it's not <laughs> viscous enough. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay uh, but 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 explain it just because uh, I, the fact that I know it uh, it doesn't well, make it less cool. Will you explain it? Well, smart guy. <laughs> so in order to. to to know if the calibration of the viscousness is correct. You have to throw a little bit on the on the ground. It has to make the drawing of something that resembles a scorpion, but it looks pretty cool when they do that. And I honestly think that if you don't have you know the hand to do it, you won't be able to really paint
0: the scorpion. But yeah, that's yeah. part of a tradition. And then the tradition for putting sawdust on the floors of these of places. Course. Yeah, yeah. It's to soak all yeah, that yeah, up. So yeah, when, yeah, you, yeah.
2: when you go to a pulcata, you might drink a little bit more than what you had calculated initially, <laughs> and you might puke, and in order not to make a mess, you cover it with the sawdust of the floor.
0: Oh, no, no. The sawdust was suggested that it was because of the scorpions you're throwing on the floor. Oh, uh, but, sure, but, hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, pulque and puke, either one, it'll soak it up. Okay, and then the uh, the last thing, and this is, this is more about process, but the last thing uh, that she said that was so interesting was that um, she thinks that part of the reason that some pulque gets thicker faster than other pulques is because of the hygiene practices when the uh, tinacoleros are scraping the piña, that there are more gentle ways to scrape that will, yeah, that, that will help to mitigate that viscosity.
2: I can't believe that.
0: Can or cannot? I can. Because
2: oh. remember, when we went to the Chinacal in uh, Iztapalucá, which I think is a really clean pulque, we were absolutely not allowed to get really close to when they were uh, scraping the agave, and we were absolutely not allowed to touch any of their tools. Wait, which place is this? In the La Mancha. Well, like, we were able to Yeah, yeah I thought that's it. what you meant. No, they let me get right in there Yeah, now. Yeah, no, but you cannot touch the tools.
0: No, yeah. they let me touch
2: the tools all the yeah, time. After. Oh, after, yes, that is fair. Yeah, after they, they've emptied it. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. They, when they're very getting fair, out of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very adamant about us not touching
0: the tools before they're scraping. And, uh, uh, like, after they, they, they got it to the Chinacal. Oh, that's funny. You're saying us, but I think you and I have never actually done that tour together. We've been to the Tinacal together, but you went off into the fields with him, and I stayed back and yeah. drank. And then I've been, like, I've done the tour with him a couple times now. Okay. And were you allowed to touch the tools? Uh, yeah, though I never, like, I never asked. He just offered at the end, and I never really paid much attention to the fact that it was at the end as opposed to in the middle. It's interesting. All right? Yeah. Cool. I mean, I love all the
2: information you collected, to be
0: honest. Like, cool. Well done, Lou. <laughs> well, thank you, Chava. <laughs> so let's wrap this episode, and then you can blow me away with what you know about Puke that I've never heard of. Bunch of stuff, Lou.
2: Adios. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Marc Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com If you enjoyed this podcast please let us know, and if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media, so if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him He is one Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls
0: Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity
2: and